When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Well, hello there. It's Chris Evans here. Thanks for downloading this week's podcast of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the comedy whirlwind that is Jo Brand telling us all about her new Channel 4 show, How to Stay Sane in a Mad World. Actress extraordinaire Alicia Vikander urges everyone to get on board with the incredible Save the Children Pippi of Today campaign. The cheeky chappy Ben Miller appears with news of his latest children's novel, The Boy Who Made the World Disappear. And the marathon king Eddie Izzard limbers us up with news of his latest jaw-dropping running challenge all of that and loads more still to come Dapper Dave who's first a funner runner you will not find his marathon escapades are famous and now he's taking it up a notch his upcoming run for hope challenge will simply blow your socks off so ladies and gentlemen please welcome the human equivalent of a Duracell bunny it's the magnificent Eddie Izzard Eddie good morning you're going to be rocking it all over the where in January Eddie 31 in 31 tell us more Yes, um, because we uh, COVID is uh, here and with us, I'm going to be running 31 virtual marathons this time. Back in February, I ran 29 in 29 days around Europe, and now I'm running 31, which is going to include some world countries. It's Make Humanity Great Again. It's a fund set up to, to raise money for charities that make humanity great and make connections at a time that's very tricky for people, just going out there and linking up with other countries around the world and being positive and take, trying to help humanity stride forward. Eddie, I love it. You know, there's, uh, there's often been talk about guns fire. You're a runner for hire. You seem to just roll these out now. Um, do they get easier? Do they get harder? I know I saw your little thing on YouTube yesterday, which was amazing. You say it's all in the head. Is that true? Yeah, it is all in the head. One, the first one I did was 43 marathons around the UK. And, but I took, I took a day off each week. I've stopped taking days off, which is, which is tricky. But I was running with some ultra-marathon runners who turned up in the Lake District. And I thought it was about 80% mental and about 20% physical. I, I sort of got it to that stage. And they said, no, the joke is it's 90% mental and the other 10% is in your head. So it really is just a mind game, even though you'd think if you're physically fit, that's going to be doing it. But no, it's the mind game. And also on a treadmill, mm. it, is, it seems way harder outside because if you run outside you run down to somewhere and then you've got to run back so there's an incentive to go back because you get back home yeah. but if you're on a treadmill you can pop to the loo and you, you pause the thing and you probably and then you have a bit of apple and you pause and you and you there's other things you can do just like you know anything happening in the house so it's much trickier on a treadmill i haven't got my head quite round it yet but so, i'm also going to do a gig after each marathon that's the weird thing i'm doing a a one-hour comedy show after each marathon, which is going to be very tricky. Now, I've seen you do this before, because I've seen you do a gig after running a marathon in the day, and you've had to hobble on stage because it wasn't your first marathon. It was like your 23rd in the middle of like a 1,000 or something. Will the gigs be from home as well, or will you be going from the treadmill to a theatre near you, or what? We're doing it from Riverside Studios. We're based at Riverside Studios, and they have studios, they have theatre spaces, and they've got a room which is going to be set up COVID-safe, so there's all this COVID-safe bubbles that we have to do, and only my road manager, uh, Sarah Johnson, is going to be with me in that bubble. And then, so I run on that, and I get, and I should start at 12 noon, finish at about 6 o'clock, 6.30 p.m., 
because of stops going to the loo and that kind of thing. And then seven o'clock, the show started and they're streamed around the world. So people can buy streaming tickets or they can turn up to them. And it's a best of stand up stuff from my older days and from uh, rather than from late days now. So I have I've done it twice this, but it, it really is, hobbling, as you say, hobbling on. And uh, but uh, adrenaline gets you through it, and then you sleep afterwards. Yeah, adrenaline does get you through it. We've all been there um, in this business we call show. And by the way, to get some of your greatest hits, what a laugh! Are we talking? Um, are we talking a bit of French? Are we talking monkeys in trees? Are we? Are we going back that far? Monkeys in trees, Destar Canteen, yes, um, a number of things. Some bits are known too well. Destar Canteen is tricky because people know it too well. Uh, which is always it was Darth Vader going down to canteen and ordering penne a la arabiata. Um, I was channeling Darth Vader at the Leicester Forest uh, Leicester Forest East Service Station in about 1983 when when uh, pasta dishes started turning up on the menu. But yeah, that's I'm going to be doing old stuff there. And uh, remixing it. It's remixed and retuned for, for 2021. So cool, Eddie. Um, I've done a few marathons, don't I talk about them? Uh, but uh, one of the best tip, a couple of killer tips that I got when I was learning or uh, training to run them, first ones was um, don't consider 13 miles halfway, consider 20 miles halfway, because that's sort of how it feels and sort of how it works and it's really sensible. But when you're running 31 marathons in 31 days, what is your halfway point then? Would it be similar? Would it be like at 25 after 25 marathons? You've done this kind of thing before. When does it really begin to hurt? Um, well, I find the wall is all psychological. You know, they talk about the wall. The wall is basically the brain saying, I don't want to play this game anymore. So it's a psychological thing. It's not an actual thing. And it, as I was doing it, the, the rigorous thing I found was to count down. So I do it in kilometers because it's easy because it goes, you know, it's 42K and it goes down in bunches of 10. So I go only 40K to go, only 30K to go, only 20k, 10k, 5k, and I count down, and I count down with the. T- I'm, oh, actually, on the treadmills, I find it's going to be time that's going to be counting down, which is slightly different. Um, but I have to learn this new thing. But people can run with me. I will be using uh, with a company. Um, I'm being sponsored by people, so that I can people can run online with me and come on Zoom and uh, and chat to me, and they can get their avatars to join me on the run, which is going to be very interesting. So people from around the world can get on a treadmill anywhere and come and say hello. Right, I think, and, I think uh, I'm booked in to run with you, aren't I, for an hour or two? I believe so, but yeah. you, you are someone who's uh, you know, experienced at running before. Do you have a treadmill at your house? No, God, no, no. I mean, I thought I'm happy to come to yours or run outside or... I don't really... Oh, yes. I'll, do, I'll do whatever you want me to yeah. do. Yeah, you can come to the thing. We have a second one sitting there and uh, they're really good treadmills as well. So... Um, but we, we have to do this COVID safe. You might be behind the window. There might be a window between us because everyone's paranoid about, you know, London could go to tier three. For both of us, for um, reasons. have to wear all this Not just COVID, COVID safe stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, EddieIzard.com. Eddie, can you do us a favour? Can you put me and the team down for 20 tickets for the Riverside? Uh, we'll pay whatever you want us to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. You just tell us a date and yeah, we'll, we'll sort it all out. Not a problem. It'll, it's, it'll be beautiful. It's all, Eddie, you're a fantastic human being. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris, for being such a good supporter. And um, uh, more power to you. All right, Run for Hope Challenge. Please get involved if you can. Find out more, go to eddieizzard.com. Can we have a cheer for Eddie Izzard there? Thank you very much, eddieizzard.com. Beautiful. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, over to you. If you're looking for some COVID-compliant chuckles, then look no further. Her pandemic-busting new show, How to Stay Sane in a Mad World, starts at 8pm tonight on Channel 4. So please welcome everyone's favourite brand of humour. It's the one and only Joe Brand. All right, Joe. Yeah, good, thanks, Chris. How are you? <laughs> Very well. What's going on in your world? Not much. <laughs> yeah? 
How are you? How are your mornings? What, what's your usual regime, Ms. Brand? My my usual regime is obviously if I can get there at six, I'm down the gym for a couple of hours, and uh, then I have a kale smoothie. Yeah. Then I read Caesar's Gallic Wars in the original Latin. Uh-huh. All right, I'm in bed for ages and I don't do anything. What time do you get up usually? What time do you rise? Well, because you'll, you'll experience this at some point in the next 10 years, or you may be doing that now because you get up early anyway. But yeah. when you get older, you wake up when you don't want to. Right. Um, you know, when I was a student, I used to wake up just before countdown. And um, <laughs> now I kind of wake up at sort of, six o'clock in the morning so yeah. i just get up and move around in a very um miserable way till i wake up properly yeah it's funny isn't it because yesterday i was trying to get people excited about just waking up in the morning because i think i think life is amazing i really do you know i'm one of the you know we get up in the morning we are we are like it or not aware of it or not we are on our own spaceship now uh, with 7.8 billion other human beings travelling at 67,000 miles an hour now, and that's within our solar system, then our solar system is uh, moving at a speed of 490,000 miles an hour in the universe. I think that, for starters, I think that's quite exciting. It is, and have you been speaking to Professor Brian Cox? (laughs) (laughs) No, because every time I try, he melts my mind. I did this thing with him. Tell me about it. At Clifton, Mm. at the Literary Festival, and they said, would you do Brian? I said, yeah, it's easy, because you only ask him one question. And he talks for an hour, and that's it. You can go home. In fact, I could have gone home after I asked the question, to be honest. But he's, he's, he's too be- some people are going to be too clever for their own good, Joe. Uh, yes, night, you're right. I watched your show last night. It's just what we need. It's the tonic we need. It's on tonight, everyone, 8 p.m. Joe Brand's How to Stay Sane in a Mad World. And it literally is an A to Z, isn't it? It literally is an A to Z list, yes. So obviously, we've had to crowbar a few things into the more difficult letters of the alphabet. But um, I think it's kind of like a good mix. It's positive it's kind of it's not serious really although there are some kind of serious facts in there to sort of help people and it's just looking at the sort of second wave of things you know i think we've said that banana bread so passe uh from lockdown one and um you know it's just kind of moving on and there's a real mix of great people on it i think that you probably wouldn't expect of course we start at a and you were straight in there with alcohol um how's it been for you lock round one and lock round two we're hearing london is going to go into tier three again a week tomorrow yes indeed i know so um well how's alcohol for me during lockdown yeah, generally yeah, you well, me? i'll take i'll take anything to be honest well alcohol wise to be honest i don't drink anymore um it's not for any particular reason other than that i inherited um from my mother um, the ability to be absolutely face down in the gutter after half a teaspoon of sherry. So I'm a bit dangerous in that sense, right. so I don't bother. OK, so that's that's a non-starter. I've got this enzyme issue. Well, well, I'm, I'm describing it as that, because now I am a very, very cheap date, Joe, you know, and I've had plenty of previous... Uh, with regards to to pretty much the opposite, not so much for like a a, a day or a weekend or a you know a, a week long bender, but maybe four or five years. Uh, but now, a couple of pints and I'm all over the place. What's that about? You used to be a nurse. Come on, tell me. Well, I think that's about. I'm sorry to say this, but as you get older, your inability to sort of process alcohols not quite so um, not quite so um, efficient, and also. You know, hangovers are so much worse when you're older. Like when I was a student nurse, I could virtually not go to bed, although I shouldn't say this because I went to work uh, on kind of like an an hour and a half sleep after being up all night and function perfectly well. 
But I'm afraid age dictates that you just simply cannot do that anymore. So you have to watch it a bit, really. No, it's so true. It's so true. All right, Joe Brands, how to stay sane in the mad world. How mad did your world get in lockdown? Or, or is it still, Joe? Um, well, I, my big problem was in lockdown was that my brain kind of seized up a bit. I've never had a brilliant memory, but it kind of got so much worse. And I would find myself um, you know, well, one thing that worked for me is I did learn how to construct uh, lots of sort of technical setups to do um, zooms and kind of camera stuff from home. So that's, I can do that, but everything else went. And I would just forget things I knew really well at the drop of a hat. And I know they call that brain fog, but I think that's only if you actually have a long form of COVID. So I did begin to suspect for a while that I might do because I couldn't remember anything. Well, as I say, this programme last night, I watched it. I watched it last night, or it's on tonight on Channel 4 at 8pm. Joe Brands, how to stay sane in the matter book, literally an A to Z. When I, start, I saw you begin at A, I thought, oh, I, I must have got this wrong. This must be like a four-episode series, but it's all in the hour. It is indeed. Wow. We'll have to do, we'll have to do a different alphabet for the next one if we ever do it. <laughs> OK. Uh, just give a, a name check to the people that are in this with you and give us a couple of highlights before you go, uh, a couple of letters and what they tell us. Okay, well, uh, we've got, for example, uh, Richard Coles, who's brilliant, Rosie Jones, Inel Tomlinson, who's a comedian and Twitch star, and I'm so old I don't even know what Twitch is. Isn't that awful? Uh, we've also got financial advisors. We've got uh, chefs, uh, the Scottish curry champion. How about that? Showing us how to create a fakeaway. Uh, psychologists, dog trainers, outdoor swimming society yeah, ambassadors, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all, um, I think there's, there's one of my favourites is the whole concept of doom scrolling, which is people that sit there scrolling online and just getting absolutely terrified by what they read. <laughs> and, um, Why do you do that? That's mad. Well, well, loads of people do that, Chris. You'd be surprised. I mean, oh, obviously, no. the anxiety's gone up, hasn't it, a yeah. lot during, um, you know, mm. during lockdown. And some people just cannot help themselves. Yeah. Um, just kind of looking for even things to make them even more anxious. So there's advice on how to deal with that, for example. All right. Joe, it's lovely to talk to you. What are you doing for Christmas? Do you know yet? Uh, no, not, well, there's not much choice. Is there. no. we're, we're, just, we're just doing the little nuclear family thing. Two right. daughters, husband, me, cats, right. you know. Yeah, be good. I'm looking forward to it in a weird way. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for being on the programme today. Pleasure. Joe Brand's How to Stay Sane in the Mad World is very good. I saw it last night. It's on tonight for everybody else, 8pm on Channel 4. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. As Lara Croft, she's a heroine to millions. As herself, she's championing some real superheroes. The brilliant Save the Children Pippi of Today campaign is alive and kicking. And here to tell us all about it is the Oscar-acquiring Swedish superstar that is Alicia Vikander. Good morning, good morning. Alicia. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very good. How how are you? Very well. Did you like your intro? Oh, I thought it was pretty spectacular. Thank you for that. It, it really woke me up in the best way. Great way to start the day. It could only be better if it was in your mother tongue of Swedish. Would you like to hear it in Swedish? Yes, please. Okay, hang on a second. Dave, who's on XS, please? Hone här för att berätta allt om Save the Children's Pippi of Today kampanjer. Selv vi säger, här kommer Pippi Långström, kjella hopp, kjella hej, kjella hopp, sen ser och välkomna den starka, den modiga och den vädlig snälla Alicia Vikander! Yay! Come on now! I must say, for every English-speaking listener, I prefer this one. First of all, I'm so impressed. But also, you just said, like, I was, that I'm very nice. 
That was how you described me in Swedish. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, brave, kind, and nice. But that's a very special. That's, that's a very Swedish way of describing someone. It is. Yeah. See, well, Pippi Longstrop, Pippi Longstocking. Uh, who's is, Longstrop? Pippi Longstropping is is brave, kind, and nice. Okay, but now we're jumping the gun. Here. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. It is and my, very strong. David's my show. David's my show. Sorry. sorry. Uh, can I can I keep the rhythm of the narrative to what's in my head? Yes. No. Let's go with you. <laughs> uh, now the reason, Alicia, the reason Dabba Dave can do all this is because he is married to a Swedish lady. Yay. Oh, fantastic! I, I wish my husband, my husband, only knows a you know a few naughty words, but uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully one day. <laughs> well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you live in Portugal, yes? Yes. No fashmal, no exactly. fashmal in Portugal. But um, Dapper Dave, um, he has a, a bit of, and I know you like to be private, Lucy, and I, pr- I promise I won't go anywhere you don't want to go. But Dapper Dave. Here, he he was also married to a Swede, as is your husband, because he's married to you, who's on the radio with me now, right? Dapper, yeah. Dapper Dave has an apology to your <laughs> husband, which he'd like to pass on. Is that okay? Sure, of course. Right, here we Hi. go. Off you go. Tell the story again. This is Hi. this is this is interesting. Hi, Alicia. In two thousand and nine, yeah. I'd had mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit too much to drink in Hackney in East London. I'm sure he still holds a grudge. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I got out of a taxi, um, staggered out of a taxi, and somebody tried to get into the taxi before I'd got out of it, and I went, "Oh, mate, wait a minute." And it turned out it was your husband. And I immediately realised and said, oh, my God, I loved you in hunger. I just watched you in hunger. You're brilliant. I love you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Michael. It was a bit embarrassing, but I'm sorry for shouting at so him. I'd had a little bit too- I, I, ho- I, I, hope, I hope that he, you know, wasn't too... Yeah. Naughty, and, well, you know, he was nice. Michael's got, Michael's got a bit of previous because Michael, the last time he came on the show, he said, you know, we've met before to me. And I said, well, I've interviewed you before. He said, no, we, we never met. But the last time I met you, we, I didn't mention the fact that we met before. So your hubby, um, Dave, this is, it's one all between you and Michael because he oh. once knocked on my door in the middle of the night with Johnny <laughs> Vegas. What? Yeah, because he used to work in a bar in Camden and Johnny took him out for a drink and they ended up at my house. My God, his memory is... Brilliant. It's unbelievable. So it's one all. So okay. we're, we're looking forward to the decider. Anyway, <laughs> none of that is why Alicia has bothered to answer our phone call. Uh, Alicia, what's going on with you and Pippi Longstocking? Dave has brought the books in from home. So tell us about Pippi Longstocking, first of all, in case people don't know about her and why she's important today. Yes. Well, um, you know, we couldn't have a be- better poster girl to kind of um, be the front of this new campaign that we have with Save the Children. Uh, it's about, you know, young children, young girls that are um, on the move uh, without parents, without homes, uh, much like actually Pippi in her books when she arrives in a small little Swedish town and um, doesn't have any parents, uh, but still is, you know, a remarkable kind of uh, girl who stands up for other people, who is brave, who is strong, who is very individual. Um, and right now, uh, well, I, I, I was so thrilled when they called me up and asked me because I grew up with these books and I love these books still. One of my favorite is Pippi Celebrates Christmas, which is, <laughs> you know, perfect for the time we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, so I went into the studio and recorded a few books that you can find on Spotify. But um, to support the campaign, you can go and buy uh, one of the books online right now and give 10% to the campaign. I didn't know that was part of this deal because it's very important we increase the profile of what's going on here. People can find out more about everything to do with uh, what Alicia's talking about. Savethechildren.net slash Pippi. Savethechildren.net slash Pippi. P-I-P-P-I. So when you you took on, when you inherited the amazing role of Lara Croft, did you channel your inner Pippi? Yes. 
I kind of did, I guess. I mean, I guess Pippi was one of the first very strong female role models I had in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, even before I then went on, I was actually quite young when I played the Tomb Raider games the first time. I, I, I was actually, I remember I was so terrified. But I think it was like some ice bear or like, you know, polar bear or something uh, uh, that scared me off. So I mostly trained her in her mansion. I was probably like nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the Pippi Longstock in TV show was on when I was a kid, and I'm a bit older than some people here and a lot older than a lot of people here. And so they, they'd never heard of Pippi Longstock. And in fact, it was just Dave, who's married to a Scandi and myself. Um, but I'm excited because they are fantastic stories, and this could introduce a whole new audience to Pippi Longstock. Here. Yes, and, you know, and I, I love those TV series too. I watched them. Something that I didn't know as an adult when I actually came across the TV series, but, you know, n- n- now m- many years later, I think with you know, one of my friend's children, I realized, I was like, why are some of the characters like, you know, talking with such weird faces? And then apparently, you know, back in the days, it was quite a big production. Sweden was a small country. So they, you know, as you get nowadays making films, they got some funding from Germany. So some of the actors are German and they're being dubbed <laughs> in Swedish amongst the Swedish other real actors i love it and that's why some of the characters just seem so off and i did not ever get that as a child i didn't know that either i didn't know that but tv reception was so bad anyway in the 70s we didn't really care as long as there was something other than nothing on the box um alicia lovely to talk to you please do remember dapper dave's drunken um expose to michael have have a very happy christmas lovely to talk to you again and uh, look after yourself Happy Christmas. Take Happy care. Happy Christmas. Bye. Of today. Find out more. Savethechildren.net slash Pippi. Wonderful to have Pippi Longstocking back in our lives and back on the radio via the fantastic Alicia Vikander. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You've been treated to three super guests already, but there's still so much more to come. Creator of Wikipedia, Jimmy Wales, gets all festive with news of Santa HQ. The finest columnist going, Catelyn Moran, makes a date in our diaries for next year's sure-to-be-brilliant Life Lessons Festival. The weight loss and plant-based guru, Dr. Michael Greger, gets our mouth-watering with recipes from his new book, The How Not to Diet Cookbook. And the ever-so-awesome Alan Jones dishes out wisdom from his new album, Blessings, and accompanying book, Everyday Blessings. All of that and more still to come so let's get right back to the action Dapper Dave who is next she's got a very big brain full of very big ideas and you can be in the room when she says them out loud she's appearing at next year's Life Lessons Festival and tickets are on sale now from lifelessonsfestival.com so please welcome a lady that can teach us all a lesson or two it's the brilliant Catelyn Moran alright Catelyn how are you it's me. <laughs> it's, it's, defi- it's definitely you. It's literally, genuinely all the time me. It's Hello. 100% you. How are you, Catelyn? 
I'm really good. I'm sad I'm not in the studio. Last time I was there, you were having basically a party. Yeah, I know. Well, you are. Well, I think you were allowed in the building because you're technically a member of staff, aren't you? Yeah, no, no. It was during a time when we could do things, and you'd got Billy Piper in, and she was still drunk from the night before. She was celebrating "I Hate Susie," she and I really never was. felt bigger booze waves coming off a living individual. She yeah. was in a heroic state. It was she, quite incredible. She and Lucy Preble, um, and of course, Lucy did a podcast with us. You were there to do a podcast as well as appear on the air, and you were our second ever podcast. Catelyn, thanks so much for supporting us back in those those heady days of of, of trailblazing and and pioneering um, nervousness. Oh, mate, well, you know, there can't be too many places where you can go to have a think. Like, the world is confusing. And the fact that you're doing, you know, a series of podcasts where it's a chance to sit down and go, hang on, I might need some help. Give me some new ideas. I just think it's such a great idea. So that was a few months back now. What have you been writing and thinking about since? Oh, everything, obviously. I was. You're talking about fire pits then. How do you get in your fire pit to work? Whenever I light a fire pit in the garden, I just inhale smoke and my contact lenses dry out. No. And then that's the end of that. So. It is a bit of an issue. You can't do it on a Sunday because you won't be able to speak on the radio on Monday. That It's like having a massive fag. No, but it's just basically you realise why medieval <laughs> people tried to invent central heating. I, 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 I can't handle them. <laughs> no, I've been working. I've been working on my new book, still writing the columns for the Times and stuff. And then... And now we've got this big festival coming up, which you're going to go to. And I love that they've now started inventing grown-up festivals. Like, so, so this festival that we're both, we're both doing, the Life Lessons, it's, even when I used to go to a festival when I was younger, you would leave feeling worse. You'd have a great time at the time, <laughs> but you're there, you're drinking, you're jumping around. Yep. You have to wear your bad clothes because you're probably going to roll around in the mud or be pushed into a toilet. Yep. And you would leave it feeling wrecked. <laughs> but these Life Lessons that we're having in May, you can go there in nice clothes. You're not going to get drunk yeah. and you're going to leave feeling better because there's people there. I'm going to be walking around absorbing mm. ideas. I, I've got some of my biggest heroes. They've got you and Brian Cox doing one. Uh, Robert uh, McFarland's doing one. He's a naturist who I absolutely adore. Ruby Wax, one of my all-time heroes. Dr. Adam Rutherford. It's just a big festival of brain and loveliness. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can have uh, one over the eight if you like. The option is there. Uh, you know, there are yeah. buffets. There's, there's, there's fuel of all sorts to be imbibed. I oh, know, but it's not necessary, no, you know? No, like you get not to a certain necessary. age where you're like, you look, you look for social events where you can go and see friends and go and do something where it's not necessary to get drunk. I always cling to those ones. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't have to. That's optional. That makes me happy. Yeah, no, we did uh, Run Fest Run um, last year because we couldn't do it this year because of COVID uh, and we're doing it again next year. And everybody said they came back fitter, s- some leaner than on the Monday than they were on the Friday. Unheard of, but it is, it is possible. That is out there for you. I know. It's like, and isn't it so nice being able to talk about things that actually are going to happen where we can go out like I can't remember the last time I heard someone say tickets are on sale for a live event like it feels like well it has been a year it's just so nice to have something to look forward to so yeah, yeah. I gotta say um, you know I didn't realise that Eli our, our eight year old uh, I was waiting for him to, to have my tea last night because he hadn't arrived home from school and Tess said you're going to be waiting some time till half past nine because the panto in Windsor is back on and he went to it yesterday I mean that's so cool I know it's so lovely having these little bits of normalness come back and like you cling to them so much and like I just I'm just looking at the life lessons thing now and just like thinking so my, my biggest hero who's playing there is Robert McFarlane and he's the guy who's like a naturist and one of the things he does is collect words that are dying out because we don't talk about nature so much because we don't go out in it and I'm just looking through a list here he's got a list of um, words for rain that we don't use anymore we know all about the 50 words for snow the English and the and the Irish and the Celts have 50, over 100 words for rain so smur is extremely fine <laughs> misty rain that looks like smoke in appearance when it's seen from a distance because it's so fine. And letty is enough rain to make outdoor work difficult, which I would, I would say is about 90% of the rain that we have in this country. See, this is kids. This is why you should try and carve out a career in writing because you have time to sit at home going, I'm going to spend a few hours looking at this. 
which real people with real jobs don't have time to. Well, this is, again, this is why these festivals are... And, you know, that is my job. But, like, I think everybody should have... I recommend this is hugely. Have just a piece of paper somewhere on your desk or, like, a note on your laptop or your phone where you collect lovely words. They're a really lovely thing to flick through. Like, I've, I've, my, some of my favourites are cathedral, uh, chagrin, which is a type of leather... Um, Uxorious, which means being a good husband. Jubilee, which always sounds fun. And like sometimes if you're just sitting there feeling a bit sad and you just flick through the beautiful words that we've come up with, because you talk to people who speak other languages, they all agree that English is one of the most beautiful and useful languages. It's like a really easy language to use. And like that's one of our greatest national treasures and just being able to flick through these beautiful things we've invented. All right. Uh, Great to hear from you again, Kathleen. What are you doing for Christmas? Um, just us, we bought a, a, an official market stall from a shop that sells official market stalls so we can put it in the garden and uh, and, and have our, our allowed bubble over. So I've got like, so I'm literally a cockney market stall owner now. I've got a proper market stall, I've put a table and chairs in it and we'll put whoever's allowed in it on Christmas Day. Hang on a minute, hang on. We've been talking about this all week, about the, the construction, the fashioning of outdoor garden yeah. social spaces and we've been looking at gazebos, we've been looking at ones that are like a million pounds uh, on, on eBay, then we've been looking at ex-event ones which are like a penny on eBay, but you've gone for the... Where, how did this idea enter your life? Well, I was like, you know, what? Who, who's going to know about a, 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 the most reliable semi-permanent structure? It's going to be people who run market stalls. They're out there every week in all kinds of weathers. That's going to be the most durable one and easy to assemble. <laughs> so I can put them up and put them down. So I think it was about 300 quid and it's got like the see-through windows on it so that people can look through and see your produce. Um, or in our case, it stops uh, occluding my view out of my patio doors and down the garden. Right. We're, so all, we're all writing it down. Market stall. Okay. Can you yeah, start? It's, uh, they're really good. You can see, you can find them online. They can have many colour as well. They're very jolly. Um, and yeah, it's the it's the perfect size to fit a table that you can fit six people around. So that'd be my recommendation today: market stalls. Pretend you're a Cockney market stall owner. All right, Catelyn. Uh, thanks so much. Have a lovely day. My pleasure. Take care. Are you vaping, things. by the way? Yes, I am. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I was having a cup of tea. She's having a good old vape. All right, Catelyn. See ya. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Life Lessons Festival 2021 for brains uh, such as Catelyn's uh, to be shared with uh, brains such as ours. LifeLessonsFestival.com if you want to feel a bit cleverer. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest is everyone's favourite Christmas prezi and he has two to offer us. His best-selling book, The Night I Met Father Christmas, has some all-new tinsel sprinkles and he's also starring in a high-society Netflix series Bridgerton, dropping globally via your SkyQ on Christmas Day. He's also a comedian and a podcaster, so please welcome a man who never sits stiller. It's the brilliant Ben Miller. Well, that's very good. Very good. (laughs) Morning, Ben. Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. Um, I've got to ask you about Bridgerton, first of all. Bridgerton, all episodes drop Christmas Day. Netflix via SkyQ. Very exciting. It's a lavish drama, it has to be said. Um, Now, I'm very excited about this, Ben, because... I used to live at the gatehouse to Windsor Great Park. And in the what? summer, in the baking, scorching hot days of 2020, summertime, somebody was filming a massive period piece. And I watched episode one last night. I thought, hang on a minute, it was Ben and his friends. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, absolutely it was. Yes, yeah, so we filmed... Yeah, so let's see, we were from Windsor Great Park. We were at Stowe, that beautiful house at Stowe. We were at the um, that the famous Crescent in Bath. Yeah, we were, Oliver, oh, the Oliver Crescent. Yeah, Oliver, Oliver. Yes, um, we were all over. We were, if it was stately, we were bothering it. They're saying it's the period version of Gossip Girl. Now, I don't really know what that means. Do you? I do. So Gossip Girl is basically, is set in sort of New York, high society New York, and there's a, a, a sort of, 
a gossip sheet, effectively, that's run by one of very many um, high-flying, attractive young people, and it's all about the gossip of what's going on in their, you know, in in, in their society. And this is this is similar in that this is really about the very beginning of gossip sheets, the very beginning of tabloid journalism. So it's set in Jane Austen times, Regency period. Um, and there's a lady, a mysterious um, figure called Lady Whistledown, who publishes a gossip sheet about all the characters. And uh, the main family, the Bridgertons, um, they're just beginning the marriage season and their eldest daughter is about to be married. And obviously it's, the stakes are huge because they have only these few weeks, only these few, I mean, enormous events like balls and uh, garden parties in order to meet their prince or their duke and then uh, and then do, you know, forms get married by the end of the season basically is the idea so it's a sort of it's like that's i think why people say jane austen meets gossip girl because the uh it's the setting of jane austen with the intrigue and the wit and the sophistication of gossip girl and it's not bereft of its upper class rumpy pumpy is it Oh, I think it begins with Rumpy Pumpy. It does. There's Rumpy Pumpy in the middle and it ends with yeah, Rumpy it Pumpy. Keeps, it's the old boomerang Rumpy Pumpy. It keeps on coming back, my friend. There's none for me, sadly. <laughs> none for my character. No. It's been a long time. I was just. But it was a very talk. hot summer and you're of an age. <laughs> it caused me to reflect, Chris. It did cause me to reflect. I think I, I was looking at all these wonderful young people yeah. and, and thinking, would I have ever... <laughs> Would I have ever been rumpy pumpy fodder in a, yeah. in a show like this? I think the the answer is probably no. No, but, but I do. Yes, go on. But I, it's a long t- it's a long time since I was asked to reveal to to even to remove so much as a sock in a drama. And it's so um, unfair because in the paper today, I don't know if you've seen the paper today, um, but Helena Christensen is in the paper today. She's done this new photo shoot. She's fifty two. I don't know how old you are, but I'm fifty four. How old are you? Fifty four. Yeah, same. I, I don't know how some people carry it well, and others. Well, we just carry everything in all the wrong places don't we? it's just not fair i don't know I, it, she looks it's amazing. like cars isn't it they can they, some people manage to you know change the speedometer don't they on their they own they do you know, oh what yeah wind the clock back the bit of clock they wind it back yes. i really don't know how they do it i'm i've just been spot on hmm. for 54 and uh sadly that means i get to watch all these lovely people having these romances and intrigues and and, and you know rumpy pumpies right now that's that then <laughs> Um, so we've got to mention it again because yes. it's huge. We'll mention it loads of times up to Christmas. Bridgerton, it's, it's, it's so good. It's so cool. Uh, I watched the first episode last night. Ozzy James watched the first two. I had to go to sleep. Uh, all episodes drop Christmas Day, Netflix via Sky Q. It is the big new epic um, miniseries or maxi series, call it what you like, Bridgerton. But quickly before you go, the day I fell into a fairy tale out now, we talked to you about that before, and the night I met Father Christmas has been re-released for good behaviour, I understand. It has. It's on. It's on. It's not on the naughty list anymore. It's on the, it's on the nice list um it's wonderful yeah so this is a story about a boy i wrote it for my oldest son actually when he was nine and it's a story about a boy who wakes up meets father christmas goes on a ride with him around the world as he helps him and helps him deliver his presents and as they go father christmas tells him the story of how he became father christmas that is so Um, cool and it's it's not it's not the story you expect either father christmas it turns out was a rather sort of um oh i don't know slightly mis- misanthropic scrooge like character who then had a bit of a change of heart redemption redemption thank oh, you it's a story of redemption it's, it's it's a story it's a christmas story of redemption 
Love it. Um, and do you want to mention the day I fell into a fairy tale again? Because that's I good do. for Christmas. Yeah, that's 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 the one I wrote for my daughter, my youngest daughter, and that's about so about Lana and her older brother has stopped Harrison has stopped playing with her, stopped playing imaginary games with her, and she discovers this mysterious supermarket that opens on the edge of her. Hamlet, you see, you see, um, <laughs> a, a mysterious supermarket opens on the edge of the Hamlet, and in it there's uh, a tunnel in the pick and mix that leads to the land of fairy tales. She takes Harrison with her, and it brings them back together as a as a brother and sister. Uh, ben Miller, the day I fell into a fairy tale, is out now. Ben Miller's the night I met Father Christmas. The 2020 Gold Edition is out now, and Bridgerton all episodes drop Christmas Day. Netflix via Sky Q. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Normally, we wouldn't just introduce someone by reading out their Wikipedia entry, but I don't think our next guest will mind. He is an American-British internet entrepreneur born on August 7th, 1966 brackets age 54 in Huntsville, Alabama. He's bringing news of an online Santa HQ for kids who can't see Santa this year. So please welcome the man who puts the information in the superhighway. It is Wikipedia founder Jimmy Wales. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Very well. How the heck are you, my friend? Very good. Very good. I've just got to talk briefly about that thing you invented called called Wikipedia. I mean, um, what was the first entry ever on Wikipedia, please? Oh, the first entry ever. Well, we we forgot. We we lost some of the very early data. But I know the first words ever because I typed them personally. I wrote, hello, world, in the front page of Wikipedia. And that was the first words of Wikipedia. And Wikipedia turns 20 next year. Any plans for any particular celebrations? Um, You know, I think we're going to have a Zoom party. I mean, as tragic as that is... uh, Ten years ago here in London, I had just kind of gotten to London. We did a big uh, sort of a big party uh, in an art museum and blah, blah. This year we're just going to be on Zoom like everybody. Wow. How do you feel about it 20 years on? I mean, it's amazing. Uh, It's really been a fantastic uh, thing to be a part of this community of people, volunteers, writing an encyclopedia. And obviously the way things have gone with social media and all the aggression, the anger, the misinformation... We feel pretty validated that we, you know, we're trying to do the right things. <laughs> so, where, where was Santa HQ born? And and was it in the middle of summer? Um, you know, was it like yeah. recording a Christmas special at the wrong time of the year? Yeah. No. This this summer, I started thinking about this concept that because of coronavirus, people really shouldn't queue up uh, in in long lines and and with screaming children. I, I, as a parent of three children, I never found it fun going to visit uh, Santa Grotto just because of all the the crowds and all of that. And I realized, hey, this could move online. Uh, and so partnered with Ministry of Fun here in London and Prism Digital. And we put together uh, this this thing. It's, it's offered worldwide. And you can come on and you the, the children get about a 10-minute chat with a real-life Santa. Uh, so it's actually, in some ways, it's, it's more intimate because you've got more time. Uh, and it's fun. It's keeping a lot of these... Uh, a lot of the performers uh, employed, which is also important. Okay, year. and the performers, they, they are merely representatives of the real Santa, obviously. <clears throat> well, you never know which ones are, but uh, <laughs> it's a magical experience, and I think people will enjoy it. And, right. and you know, it's a tough year. I think, I think we've got to do what we can to cheer up the children, because although, I'll, I'll, you know, adults, we all worry about it and all that, but so do the kids, you know, and they're, they're a little concerned about the world and all that, and we want to show them, hey... You know what? Christmas is coming. Everything's going to be fine. Vaccines here. You know, it's so cool. It's all good. It's so clever as well. I mean, I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of how it might be done for obvious reasons, but um, it's it, how, how's it going? How's the take up? Uh, it's good. It's good. We've got you know slots available twenty four hours a day because uh, you know we're we're 
global on the internet. Uh, and I think the thing, the feedback people are really giving us is there's an app with like 30 different activities for kids to do. So they make little notes and hide them around the house with their parents and they do crafts and, and things, little funny little videos with the elves. So we try to make a, you know, kind of get everybody in the Christmas mood and a kind of a, a whole digital experience, not just the meeting of Santa, although the meeting of Santa is really the, the capstone of the whole thing. Because you have amazing ideas and you've always had amazing ideas and I presume you always will. Uh, I bet you loved Christmas, didn't you, when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, really love Christmas. Um, I actually, my, my funny story about Christmas is uh, when I was four, I thought I'd be very clever and I, I asked Santa for something, but I didn't tell my parents. right. Uh, I was quite disappointed Christmas morning as it got, got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> and I made the error of, it was the thing I really wanted the most. Right. Uh, so I felt clever for having figured something out, but actually uh, it wasn't so great. So the opposite story of that is um, when he was a kid, my friend, uh, he ran downstairs a couple of days before Christmas and he said to his dad, Daddy, 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 I know I said I wanted a bike for Christmas, but I, I don't want a bike anymore. And his dad said, but why, but why? He said, I've just found one behind the wardrobe in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to ask Santa for anything this year, Jimmy, what would it be at the age of 54? Same age as me, child of 66. Come on now. Oh, I, I always, always dream. I have, a, I have a house in the countryside and I always dream of a white Christmas. Oh, and how's that dream going? Not very bad. Very bad. <laughs> can I, just, I have to move to Finland or something. I don't really want to do that. So. Can I just ask you before you go? I mean, I know you can't ever really IPO Wikipedia. If you if you were willing to, and I'm sure you wouldn't ever be willing to, but you might be. But if you're willing to, <laughs> could, could you do that? A, would it be legal? B, uh, do you still have enough control of that? for that to happen and for you to get that house in, in any country you like or every country in the world? <laughs> no, no. Wikipedia is owned by the Wikimedia Foundation, which is the charity that I set up. Right. Uh, so in a way, it's like asking if the Red Cross could do an IPO. It's just not really a not really a thing. All right, pal. Okay. Well, happy Christmas to you, Jimmy. Lovely. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Fasc- you're yeah. very welcome. Fascinating man. You Search any TED Talk with Jimmy Wells uh, from the last 20 years. They're all absolutely fascinating. And there he is with a brand new thing. Book your video call with Santa for the Kids at SantaHQ.app, my friends. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. They say a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, but not if you listen to our next guest. His latest book, The How Not to Diet Cookbook, is out today. So please welcome the weight loss boss always coming from a plant-based place. It's the wonderful Dr. Michael Gregor. Good evening, Michael. Happy to be here. <laughs> so your book, this one, uh, there have been thousands, but this particular one, the How Not to Diet Cookbook, is the most awaited book in the Evans household this year, along with the Jerry Seinfeld book, um, is this anything so well done congratulations on that alone thank you so much sounds like a good companion yeah not bad at all okay so first principles of this particular book please dr michael Ah, uh, well not only did i want to make every single recipe healthy but including all the desserts but every single ingredient of every recipe to be healthy so how do you make something salty without salt how do you make something sweet without sugar those are some of the challenges we face really proud 
uh, what we're able to accomplish with it. And as always, uh, there we go, straight off the bat, page, uh, what is it, page 14 in Roman numerals. That's a bit tricky at this time in the morning. Uh, you have Dr. Gregor's Anything But Dirty Dozen, The Daily Dozen. Tell us about those again, please. Oh, well, that's uh, from my uh, original book, How Not to Die. First half of the book, 15 chapters on each of the 15 leading causes of death. Talking about the role diet may play in preventing, arresting, reversing each of our top 15 killers. But I didn't want it to just be a reference book. I wanted to be a practical guide on making day-to-day grocery store-type decisions. So that's the second half of the book where I center my recommendations around a daily dozen checklist of all the healthiest of healthy foods I encourage people to eat. So berries every day, the healthiest fruits, greens every day, the healthiest vegetables, uh, a tablespoon of ground uh, flax seeds, uh, a quarter teaspoon of turmeric, the best beverages, the best sweeteners, how much exercise to get every day. Uh, it's available as a free app, iPhone, Android. Again, just to kind of inspire people to include some of the healthiest of healthy things in their daily diet. Yeah, they are the tenets of uh, this book as well as all the others, though, as well. Vegetable uh, chirashi bowls. Uh, we could kick off with that, I suppose, because that includes the best way to cook vegetables. Off you go. Oh, well, I mean, it depends on uh, what you're doing is nutrient preservation or if you're interested in taste. I'm a big fan. There's been a, There's a number of recipes in the book on roasted vegetables. Veggies can undergo a complete transformation in terms of changed taste, changed texture, get all caramelized. So there's a, you know, black cumin rub balsamic roasted cauliflower I really like. Uh, uh, there's a cauliflower alfredo linguine with roasted asparagus. Uh, you know, basically anything creamy, some of my favorites. You know, the spinach and artichoke stuffed portobellos. Trying to make vegetables sexy again. <laughs> and they are. They just are. And once you cut out the SOS, the salt, oil and the sugar, and you, you, you begin to give your taste buds a chance to actually do their job again, um, it all becomes so much more obvious, evident and joyous. And what a joy uh, to talk to you again. This is shock horror, a scientific evidence-based diet book um, who needs gimmicky anecdotes is what you say in, you know when you can have scientifically <laughs> proven strategy and the thing is Michael you know your the, the first book the How Not to Die cookbook went to number three in the New York Times bestseller list why isn't that book and why isn't this book you know this book hasn't had chance yet but why don't these two books why aren't they, these the most the, the, why, why aren't these the best-selling books in the world you know including over books like The Bible <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, you know, New York Times Review books, uh, I did call the, my last cookbook their favorite cookbook of the season. Hopefully we'll get the same kind of praise. The Publishers Weekly uh, put out a really nice review. I mean, this is tis the season. This is the time, uh, particularly during this strange uh, season we find ourselves in where people may not be taking operable care of themselves. So, again, you know, it's just taking the mountain of evidence, which was in How Not to Diet from last year, which is getting uh, published in paperback in the UK. January 7th, um, perfect timing uh, for the cookbook. You know, so I wanted it to, you know, to 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 make a practical guide on uh, putting some of that science into practice. But do you think the reason, you know, our household included, do you think the reason many kitchen shelves are full of of cookbooks is because there there is an inherent dopamine hit in buying another one? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I remember I didn't want to do a cookbook. I said, Cook, who buys cookbook? There's like a million free recipes online. Like, why would you actually buy a book? But people love cookbooks. And, you know, to my uh, to my <laughs> disappointment, um, the cookbook, uh, How Not to Die cookbook, actually sold better than How Not to Die, which I spent over a year of my life, thousands of citations, had a whole research team scouring the libraries. And that didn't sell as well as, you know, uh, ooh, let's make something yummy with Brussels sprouts. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? How can a book called How Not to Die? I mean, it, it's doing really well now and it will sell forever. <laughs> but how you know, how not to die? It's, it's what most of us spend our lives distracting ourselves away from. There's a great book, isn't it? They're called The Denial of Death or Death Denial that's, that's been published oh, this year no. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, amazing. A book called How Not to Die. Why isn't it? I don't understand, Michael. <laughs> well, uh, the next book, which I'm sitting down to write next month, yes, uh, which will be out uh, December 2022, How Not to Age on all the longevity research out there. So that should be another interesting one. Well, you're awesome, Michael. Thanks so much for your help. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Keep up the good work. You're welcome. Dr. Michael Greger. Happy Christmas. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. What do Dame Judi Dench, Susan Boyle and Brian Blessed have in common? Letting our next guest borrow their dulcet tones. His latest album, Blessings, is out now and he's here to give us a warm, cosy hug after a testing year. Ladies and gentlemen, there's snowman like this man. It's Alan Jones! All right, Alan! Wow! Good morning. What an introduction. Thank you very much. I love your book, Alla Jones, Everyday Blessings. It's the kind of book we've all thought about bringing out, but we couldn't be bothered. You've done it, so congratulations. Well done. <laughs> I had nothing else to do, Chris. It's I'm not brilliant. busy like you, that's why. It's pretty. Uh, so it's a thought I've a day, isn't it? Doing, yeah, it's an uplifting thought a day from everyone from the Dalai Lama to John Lennon. And every day of the year has a kind of a blessing, if you like. And uh, because, as you say, I had a bit of time on my hands, I've put them all into different themes. So themes of love themes of um, you know freedom and happiness and some endless summers and stuff like that and so some little bird tells me that you were born on april the first yeah i've just done the same thing i've just gone to the page i thought we could all do our birthdays off you go well yours is lovely it says it's impossible said pride it's risky said experience it's pointless said reason give it a try whispered the heart yeah and get onto the lawyers said charlie (laughs) mackesee Because that's, that's straight out of the boy, the male, the fox and the horses, and it's got to be. Uh, right, uh, birthday, please, Vassos. June the 4th. June the 4th. Go on, Alad, June the 4th. June the 4th is uh, a Nigerian prayer. May togetherness of this earth continue to guide us, and may the divine bring peace and understanding to protect the world. Wasted on him. Absolutely wasted <laughs> on him, that one. I was thinking that. Yeah, never mind. Rachel? May 29th, May please. May 29th, please, Alad. Right, here we go. May 29th is... This is Henry Ward Beecher, and it says, The unthankful heart discovers no mercies, but the thankful heart will find in every hour some heavenly blessing. Except on a Monday, because she doesn't come to work. <laughs> finding my blessings elsewhere on a Monday. Are you? Oh, where going? are you finding them? Yeah. In the woods with my dog <laughs> on amen, a walk. Amen, amen, and hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> favorite, top three favourites in the book, Alad? Um, I love a John Lennon one. John Lennon says, when I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment, and I told them they didn't understand life. Oh, my goodness me. And that's how, good, isn't it? How up to Because uh, today, the anniversary, 40th anniversary of his passing, that's nice. Uh, give yeah, us, absolutely. Give us another. Okay, um, we have got another anonymous one. It says, the past cannot be changed. The future is yet in your power. 
like that. Okay. Um, so tell us about this new album. Do you know the album? I just wanted to bring it out because it's an album that celebrates what puts us together rather than sets us apart. So it's an album of all faiths and none. I sing with a, a, one of the biggest selling Muslim uh, singer songwriters in the world. Uh, Judy Dench is on there uh, reading some uh, Quaker words. I've got Brian Blessed on Silent Night. Uh, you wouldn't put Brian Blessed and Silent anything together. Um, and uh, Susan Boyle on Bless This House. And it's just an album that celebrates, I suppose, um, joy happiness kindness all the things we need in our lives right now yeah if if people could only buy one which would you prefer them to buy or oh, which would you that advise is them the to most buy? evil thing Come on, to I, love, I know you love all your children <laughs> but you have to make a choice here <laughs> No, but I prefer my daughter. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> no, I would go. They go perfectly well together, Chris. No, no, you can, sorry. It's like when I take the twins out. Twins are just over two now, right? And they can, they can move now. They can really shift, uh, whether on the balance bikes, on the scooters, even of on the course. skateboards, or just run. And when one's heading towards the river and the other one's heading towards the road, I have to make <laughs> these decisions on a daily basis, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and there's, le- by the way, there's loads of variables involved there. A, which one do I like, first of all, most? B, which one has yeah. the most potential? to become a, a successful human being uh, C yeah. which, which at, the, at the, that moment is most potentially most fatal the river or the road depending on the river well, traffic that's a or tricky the road one traffic. though isn't it yeah, but anyway this doesn't dis- well it's distracting you for a second but I've bought you enough time now so I need an answer the book well, or the I, would definitely, I, I would definitely go the, with the one that says blessings in the title alright okay see we're not going to get him on this are we no <laughs> although he did <laughs> he didn't have question say, anyone's asked me which child do you prefer you'll say which child do you prefer but not <laughs> Which one of your products available? Oops, the products we are out. Yeah, when it comes to shifting units, for heaven's sake, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have a, a ready break in the morning if it wasn't for my books and my albums. She should be grateful. Yeah, exactly. All right, Alice, what are you doing for the rest of the day, my friend? I am probably going to do a bit of shopping, Chris. Uh, that's about it. Taking it easy today. And, uh, yeah, you know what it's like when you've got an album and a single out. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all good, clean fun. I'm looking forward to Christmas and just being with the family, to be honest with you. All right, and how is Jeremy Vine on Channel 5? The same as usual. He talks like no one else talks, wearing those flashy shirts. <laughs> and did you have to comment on the day's papers and things as well? I didn't. Uh, that's one good thing to come out of all this, because I do everything from the oh, house. Of course so, you do. I keep uh, forgetting. I keep so, forgetting. So, yeah, you can't go into the studios. So, yeah, no, no, I just, um, I just talked about the book and the album. That was it. And so, <laughs> yeah, they, they did the papers. All right, mate. When's your birthday? Uh, December the 29th. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. What which is a rubbish time. Come on. Rubbish time what, does it say? what does it say for you? Um, it says, never look back unless you're planning to go that way. Wow. Well, you wrote it. That's it sounds like you just read it yeah. for the first time. <laughs> oh, it was going so well. Well, that's good. He's thinking. We sent you a book. You know, I've never looked up my birthday. Listeners, listeners, buy the album. Go for the album. <laughs> this is snake oil. Suddenly it's snake oil. Um, thank you, Alan. Oh, hey, Chris, always great to catch up Cheers, with you, mate. If only you meant it. <laughs> it's great to talk to him. Alan Jones. He prefers his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.